Good morning, church. It's uh, December 19th, 2020, Saturday morning, and I thought I would do a little bonus broadcast for you this morning of uh, a verse of Scripture that's been on my mind for a few days uh, in contemplation of uh, Christmas. I had uh, emailed out some thoughts to our home group, and someone in the group thought I should share this with the rest of the church, and so that's what I'm doing. And uh, As the Lord would have it, I woke up this morning with this verse on my mind and just laid there and meditated on it for a few moments, and I pray that some of my thoughts now can be as uh, encouraging as they were as I uh, was meditating. So, the verse is Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Him you have been made complete. This is a great Christmas verse because it certainly uh, speaks of the incarnation of Christ, of God becoming man, the eternal word taking on flesh and bone. And that's what the first part of this verse is really uh, speaking to. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So let's just meditate on this for a few minutes and break it down. Uh, Paul is writing here in Colossians. He's writing to the Colossian Christians. And uh, the theme of the book of Colossians is the sufficiency of Christ, that Christ is supreme and glorious, and because of who he is in his full deity and full and perfect humanity, Christ is the answer for all of our woes. Christ is sufficient for the church and for each individual believer. And so Paul really unpacks that in those uh, four short chapters of Colossians and applies that But as we look at this verse, there's some things here that really jump out to me uh, as to, first of all, what it does not say. Uh, He would not have been content, Paul, uh, and under the inspiration of the Spirit here, would not be content by just saying, for in him deity dwells. For in him deity dwells. Because as you think about that, you could say that about the believer. Uh, In the believer, deity dwells. Uh, We are indwelled. That's the word. We are indwelled by God the Holy Spirit. And he's certainly third person of the Trinity and fully God. And so you could say of every believer after Pentecost that uh, deity dwells in us. But that does not make us God, of course. Man cannot become God, but God can become man. So we never become God, even in our glorification, even when we're conformed to the image of Christ. Uh, We do not become deified, of course. Um, being conformed to the image of Christ means we're conformed to his moral image. We're conformed to a a perfect moral image and to perfect humanity. And so that's the first thing Paul is not content with saying here about Christ, that just uh, deity dwells in him. No, he goes on and he says, no, for in him all of deity dwells. All of deity. Well, again, you could say that about the believer, in a sense. Uh, all of the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We don't have part of the Holy Spirit. We don't have, a, we don't have half of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we, we don't have some portion. When you have the Holy Spirit, you either have all of Him or none of Him. So uh, that wouldn't be enough either. No, he goes on and he says, no, all the fullness of deity, all the fullness, all the completeness, all the perfection of deity, So in Christ, in him dwells, present tense, all the completeness and fullness and perfections of deity. And now we're getting to a phrase that is capturing that God became man. Uh, So let's look at it. All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And I think that's just uh, Paul's way of, of really 
filling this out so that he's identifying one and only one person. There's only one who fits this category. He, he could not be describing a believer here, even the most godly. He is describing the God-man, the one who came. So uh, in him, all the fullness, all the completeness, all the perfections, all the glories, all the sufficiency of deity, of eternal God, of eternal deity dwells has made his home in bodily form. And that's just such a blessing to try to get your mind around that. That really describes what happened in the incarnation, in the virgin conception and birth of Christ as he came from heaven to dwell among men. John says, The Word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's almost like human language cannot quite capture this. Uh, it's, it's, we just kind of run out to the end of the leash of human language to describe what we're trying to describe. The second part of the verse begins to focus then on us as the believer. And in him, in Christ, in the one whom, in whom all deity dwells in bodily form, in him you, believer, have been made complete. Paul doesn't say you are complete, though that would be true. He doesn't say you will be made complete. Uh, he doesn't say that this is something that's coming in the future, though there is a, a future glorification for us. No, he wants, to, he wants to hone in on something very, very precious and important. You have been made complete. This is a perfect passive in Greek. Perfect tense meaning it's a completed action with continuing results. This has already happened. It's completely done, but it will have continuing results throughout your earthly life and even into eternity. But it's also a passive meaning this is something that's happened to us. You, you didn't make yourself complete. You didn't make yourself whole. You didn't restore yourself or reconcile yourself or, or make yourself righteous in God's eyes. No, this is something God, through Christ, has done for the believer, all believers, every believer. In Him, you have been made complete. Let's just focus on the word complete for a moment. You have been made whole. You are no longer partial. <laughs> you, you, are, you are whole. You are restored. You are reconciled. I think in this word, Paul is alluding to our declared righteousness and justification. We are complete. We, we can stand before God complete. We have access to God. When we die, we're going to go instantly into his presence. Nothing has to happen to make us better to go into his presence. You have been made complete. There's a uh, uh, you know, in our human experience, we're always uh, feeling a sense of lack. Uh, we have physical lacking and relational and monetary, and uh, we get sick and we lack energy, and uh, we sometimes like sleep, and sometimes we like patience, and uh, sometimes we like the money to pay the bills, and sometimes we, uh, we're lonely, we like companionship, we like friends. Paul wants us to know positionally, ultimately, you, believer, have been made complete in Christ. He has raised you to a place of wholeness. The puzzle has been completed. There are no missing parts. There's nothing you lack that you would need for God to accept you. <sighs> How wonderful are these truths. So here's a little email I sent to, uh, to my uh, home group to be thinking about this. I'll just read this. From conception on, fully God and fully human in one person, and he will be so forever. 
Let's just pause on that for a moment. So many Christians fail to realize that the incarnation has not been reversed after the ascension. We fail to realize that Christ right now is fully human, and he will be so forever. He'll never go back to pre-incarnation mode. From conception on, he is fully God and fully human, and one person will be so forever. Then, through union with him via faith, we who were broken, flawed, sinful, depraved, rebellious, and hell-bound on a path to experience the wrong end of God's wrath forever have been made complete. Imagine it. We lack nothing to stand before God, enter his presence to be accepted at death. You are complete in Christ. You are righteous in Christ. You are perfect in Christ. You are whole and healed and reconciled and restored in Christ. This is a past event with ongoing results. We don't need traditions or spouses, kids or jobs, health or money to be complete. We are complete in Christ. If you are single, you are complete in Christ. If you are a widow, you are complete in Christ. If you are married, you are complete in Christ. And you don't have to look to your spouse to be something he or she can't be. You're completer. If you are retired, you are complete in Christ. Your work did not define you or complete you. Ponder this question. What would this mean to my daily attitude, my stress levels, anxieties, fears, and reactions to other if I remembered all the time that I'm complete in Christ? Believer, what do you have to prove? What do you have to defend, justify, or excuse if you are complete in Christ? We're going to gather tomorrow morning in worship, hear God's word, sing praises relative to the incarnation of Christ. Let us meditate on this often and pondering this in our heart that because God became a man, because he came and lived and died, rose again, ascended, now intercedes for us. We are, have been made complete in Christ, those of us who are in Christ. I'll leave you with this last question to ponder on this. What is the connection between the first part of this passage and the second? What is the connection between all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form and in him you've been made complete? That's a critical connection theologically because it takes the God-man to save us. It takes one who becomes one of us, tempted as we are, the second Adam, to go to the cross and redeem us for our sins. But it also takes the God-man, he has to be fully God, because God will not share his glory with another. And God is the Savior throughout the Bible. And so much more could be said there, but there is an integral connection between the fullness of deity dwelling in bodily form in Christ and in him you've been made complete. We could not be made complete in anyone else. There's just no possibility of it. And this was God's ordained plan from eternity past that the second member of the Godhead, God the Son, would receive a love gift from his Father, would come and redeem them at the cross. And, and in time, the Holy Spirit would apply that redemption, bringing us to faith and repentance so that it could be said of us today, you have been made complete. God bless you. Hope to see you in the morning.